You're listening to the Movers Union Podcast. We're here to talk about movement, philosophy, and everything in between. My name is Ben Wexler. And I am Justin Cooper. We are both movement specialists, and this is the Movers Union. Dude, okay, so we have a special topic we're going to do today. Let's do it, yeah. All right, so our special topic is we're going to rant. We're going to give the rant about... What it's like being a yoga teacher, it's all, it, I mean, we're all drawn to yoga for the, the positive aspects of it, um, but the truth is that you can't have yang, you can't have positivity without yin and a little bit of negativity, and I feel like yoga, like, it's kind of it's lame because that's how you have to sell it. You have to sell it. As like, oh, this will teach you how to be eternally positive. But I feel like that's a lie, you know? And like, well, the reason I'm saying it is because I I went through this myself. I went down yo- the yoga path and I was so stoked about it. And I was just really trying to be nonstop positivity. That was my goal was to be like nonstop positive. And then it, it kind of hit me. And when it did, I wasn't too happy about it that uh, life isn't all positive and you can't have yang without yin. And when that hit me, I was pretty upset, you know, because it felt like I had been lied to. But the real truth, too, and this might be a little too deep, is like that that's kind of like the carrot on the string that like pulls people in. And you can get to that level. But it comes with this innate understanding of the negativity. Like you almost can't appreciate life without knowing, without acknowledging the innate negativity in mm-hmm. life. I think you're right about the image of yoga that is presented as, yeah, as the marketing or whatever. It is so, you know, blissful and happy and positive. And it, but it, it's not that yoga can't bring you to that point but it's that it's not a magic pill and it's a hard treacherous past path to get there you know like it's not and I, i i think that is the beauty of like part of what yoga teaches us is okay well how can you maintain and maybe not even how you can maintain a positive mindset, but how you can not succumb to the negative thoughts. Mm-hmm. Like as you're in a yoga class and you're in some, uh, you know, some pose that you never thought that you would get in or, you know, it's a, whatever pose you hate the most or whatever it is. And in that moment, so you're putting yourself into this struggle Right. So that you can then observe your mind and see how your mind is reacting to this struggle. Right. So that then in real life, when you inevitably come up against this struggle, because that's like all that life is, <laughs> how are you going to be able to control your mind in that and, situation? And choose how to react to given situation. Right. So it's like we're we're practicing this thing. And I think it's the same for for all workout, you know, all, you know, whether you're lifting or whatever, you're running, you're doing sprints, gymnastics, whatever it is, it's like you're choosing to put yourself through a very difficult pursuit. 
to like harden your mind and become more disciplined and develop the mindset that will allow you to be more successful in other areas. Yeah. But but like that pathway, you know, you have to go like into the belly of the beast in order to, you know, potentially come out or see glimpses of the other side of like actually, you know, being positive minded and, and all that as well. For sure. And um, yeah, you spoke to it like it's basically like a, a perspective flip. It's about learning to see the positive whenever you're inclined to see the negative. That's absolutely powerful. Powerful. It's also like learning that the obstacle is the way. And like in your yoga practice, you know, um, whenever it's time for crow, you might not want to hop into crow. You're like, oh shit, here we go. It's crow again. I don't want to do this. And then you you can like you said, you can watch all that happen in mm-hmm. here. And then flip it. And that's the practice of yoga. But at the same time, like there just is an innate amount of suck in life. And mm-hmm. no amount of perspective flipping is going to make it better. In my opinion, I, it, this is just how I, I might be wrong. But I think that like, okay, you wake up every morning, right? You wake up, you stretch, whatever. Um, most of us get some kind of coffee. You have that first sip of coffee. Then what? What happens after that? You take a shit. <laughs> you go and you take a fucking shit. All right. I'm sorry, but like you could do all the perspective flipping in the world to make that moment beautiful. And <laughs> like, I'm sure you can. Like, I've done it. Like, yeah, this is. But no, nah, dude, at the end of the day, you're taking a shit. All right. <laughs> and you can't eat without shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And like, it, trying to make sh- shitting a beautiful thing to me is inauthentic. It's like, dude, you're just lying to yourself. Like, imagine if someone dies in your family, right? Like, yoga almost teaches you to be like, oh, well, it's beautiful. Like, they're going off into the afterlife. And like, I'm grateful for having known this person. And I can, I just don't. Even, even like, I don't need to suffer at all right now. And it's like, no, dude, it's okay to be sad. It's okay mm-hmm. to be angry. It's okay mm-hmm. to feel these emotions. Uh, you had mentioned this before about uh, Buddhism. I think, I think in the episode one, you had brought up like Buddhism and how they talk about how, you know, life is suffering, suffering. Right. Which, okay great and i agree like that is much of what life is and then how you choose to endure that suffering and i think that you're i mean that's what it's about right like the minds and also understanding it's not gonna 100 percent be this but this is the uh you know the goal is to be able to have the mindset that will make whatever suffering that is going on the not not even the least suffering in that moment, but to allow it to have a positive payoff at some point in the future. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Does that yes. make sense? Like whether it is... I hesitate to go back to the shitting analogy. <laughs> but, you know, like you you just understand that it's one of the necessities... To allow yourself to go through the rest of the day, and you can sit, you can, 
you can have the mindset of like, oh, that's nasty. I don't want to do it. I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna poop today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then what's gonna happen? Well, you're gonna be constipated and you're gonna be miserable for the rest of the day until you finally uh, succumb to it and kind of. Um, you know, you you just give up to it. Mm-hmm. You 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 just render yourself to to that, right? Right, surrender. Yeah, surrender. That's yeah. the word. Uh, you just surrender, and then you have that release, and it's gone, and you feel great. Right, right. Yeah, <laughs> and you have to. You you know, you'll you'll go through the same thing again tomorrow if you're lucky. Um. <laughs> and from that point, yeah, like when you zoom out and you see it as like, okay, like this. I'm going to the bathroom. We'll just say going to the bathroom. <laughs> I'm going to the bathroom or, you know, any suffering that you endure when you zoom out and you see it as part of the whole and that it was a necessary part for this entire, let's say, day or month or year or life mm-hmm. to happen, then it becomes beautiful. But, like, it's almost like in the moment, in that moment, trying to say that it's beautiful it's like to me it's like dishonest and it's inauthentic yeah you know i agree and i don't think that you should and i also don't know like i do get the point that you're trying to get to of like the way that yoga is marketed and sold because it's just such a it's just a shallow snapshot of you know as well as like that's how marketing works it's like it's all or nothing in marketing you know it's that that's just how it is it's you know ones and zeros it's black and white it's all or nothing Mm -hmm. so of course that image or that snapshot is like is bullshit right but then it's like (laughs) but but then let's make sure that we're clarifying between the image that may often be portrayed and then like the way that you can actually come at it, which I feel like is more the actual teaching of yoga. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Where obviously that's not, but it's, yeah, you're going to come up against uh, terrible, negative suffering things, but then it's, you know, how you deal with it. And it's not, you don't have to think that that's beautiful or like amazing or blissful in the moment and it's not supposed to be right but it's then what you know how you continue after that right yes and like what you're going to do with it and how you're going to take it but like and that's more the true right you know that's more the truth and even like if you think about a yoga class and you know if somebody who hasn't done a yoga class in their mind, they're going and they're going to be like blissed out the whole time. Like, no, going through a yoga class sucks. Right. Like, you know, like, that's the whole point. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. that's the whole point. And then when you're done, yeah, maybe you, feel, you feel more blissful. You feel, you know, your body gets to kind of re- relax because it went through that, you know. And of course, some yoga classes are meant to be more whatever actually blissful yeah, through the whole thing but they're different yeah they're, yeah they're these different types of yoga right yeah so if you're going through you know more of a power yoga class or or whatever like there's like it's not it's, you you can convince yourself that you enjoy it after you do it for long enough because you you then have a true understanding of 
what happens after. So then you're associating the the class, however uh, negative and suffering it is, with the post class of like, oh, I know that I know that once I do this, I feel better. So then I like doing this. But mm-hmm. if you were to remove the two, it's not. It's te- you know, there's suffering going on during right. class. You know, and yeah, I don't care how many times you practice, like every single time. Like I talked about how I did like 56 days in a row of power yoga. Every single time I made it to my mat, I was like, here we fucking go. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. like it's never like, yay. I mean, sometimes, sometimes, sometimes. It is. but more often than not, it's just like, here we fucking go. Like yeah. here's, here's our first chaturanga. God damn. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, yeah. You that, know? That, and then, and then you sure. get it going and it's like, you can't enjoy, you can't really enjoy yoga without acknowledging how hard it is right like mm-hmm. that's what that those two are inseparable the yeah. enjoyment and the suffering are one you know um like chaturanga is coming whether you like it or not you know and like how you choose to go about it in here is your decision and i think that's the target of yoga is to try to frame it positively but also like um there's a certain amount of satisfaction and a sense of accomplishment that you get in doing the daily shit that you don't want to do and going through it anyway with a smile on your face. You know, there's a satisfaction in doing that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a very human thing. It's yeah. like, is, is like, yeah, I don't want to do this, but I did it anyway. And now I'm... And I, I know I needed to do it. I know it was good for me. So Yeah. And a lot of people don't have a task like that in their day. Other than like maybe going to work <laughs> or like what but like that's not real, you know. Like if that's the if that's your main cause of suffering, then you need to change what you're doing with, you know, forty yeah. plus hours of your week. But um, you know, a lot of people don't have a you know, a, a task or whatever, a hobby, a workout or whatever that they do that teaches is, them how to that, do that. That, that is yeah. suffering or, you know, that is a huge struggle, you know, like we, our lives are so easy. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I, you know, not take anything away from people that do have hard lives and they certainly do, but like right. our lives are just so, Comparatively. you know, we, we don't well, have, yeah. you don't have to struggle for anything. All right, maybe I, you don't have enough money and you have to struggle to get money. But like comparatively to the rest of our human history, mm-hmm. like, you We're know, pretty, pretty, pretty best yeah. time to be alive. But that also makes us the softest that we've ever been Yes, in general. So then it's how do you, you know, how do you recreate some of that suffering that our bodies were built to do and built to handle and, yeah. and, and mechanisms within our body were designed with that in mind, like, oh, there's always going to be suffering and, you know, reasons that we're going to need to be resilient. So there are these mechanisms in our body that are tied directly to that, you know, right. and then and then all of a sudden there is no, you know, there is nothing tough that we're going through and specifically physically like that's, you know mainly you know that's how we evolved so there's nothing physically difficult that we're going through and then there are all these mechanisms in our body that are like 
what are we doing? You know, what are we even doing here? Does this guy, you know, does this guy need us? Like, should we just shut this shit down? Right. Um, and that's, I feel like that's what starts I, to happen. Death and aging are coming no matter what. You know what I mean? Like, these things are coming no matter what. And so whether you like it or not, they're suffering. Mm-hmm. Disease is coming. Death is coming. The people you know will die. Facts. And there's nothing you can do about it. You can delay it, by, and even that's a variable because there's people that live ultra-healthy lives and still get cancer super early. You can do your best to try to manipulate it so that you do have a long and healthy life, but even that isn't guaranteed. And like, so the suffering is there no matter what. And it's like, the suffering is, is there no matter what. It's like the pleasure, the satisfaction, the growth, the, those are the optional things. Because your, your body is literally deteriorating every second. And like, uh, like the growth and what you do with this body, that's the optional part. You know? Yeah. I also feel like the whole setting the bar for like yoga is like this thing that teaches you to be eternally blissful. I feel like that sets an unfair standard to yoga teachers. And I think that's kind of really what I'm upset about is that like, like, I don't know. There's a certain jealousy I get when I see my friends posting like memes about like eating, eating ass and stuff like that. And I'm just like, oh, I can't post that like because I'm a yoga teacher and like people will judge me harshly because I'm supposed to be this yoga teacher. And in, in, this, in some sense, it's true. And this could just be my lower self like just crying right now. It's like, well, and maybe... I shouldn't, I don't even need to be doing all that stuff. It could be. I'm, call, I'm trying to call myself on my own bullshit. But at the same time, it's like, I don't know. I feel like um, that's part of modern enlightenment. It's like saying your prayers, being present to the moment, and then eating that booty hole. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know, I, like. I, I, I think that. <laughs> I think that you're right to some extent. Like, it, it depends, though. It depends on what your overall goal as a yoga teacher is. Mm-hmm. And if, you know, you, you can take the approach that, okay, I want to be um, accepted and looked up to by as many people as possible, in which case maybe staying away from comments or memes like that would be most beneficial. Or you want to teach the the people and reach the people that your most authentic self will also resonate with. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. So there's some balance there of that. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it should be... It probably shouldn't be a hundred percent one way or the other, and we certainly we certainly do tread on kind of uh you know unstable grounds being uh like male teachers in a mainly female dominant um, area or environment because obviously so so then you do you have to take into account the thought and mindset that's more typical to that population as well. Um, so like, if you want to market yourself successfully, yeah. Yeah. 
Or, you know, you could just look for the other, you know, 100,000 males that have the same mindset as you, you know, or similar enough that will, you know, but it's like, you know, which, because we're all so different. So there are enough people to appreciate exactly what your mindset is, but then we're also all so different. And part of our uh, responsibility is being sensitive to those who do potentially, you know, think different or, or whatever, you know, yes. to, to not I completely offend. agree. So there's some, but there's some balance there, you know, right. I, I don't, you shouldn't be, you know, c- covering up and like, you know, just deleting thoughts that you have a hundred percent of the time just to then be like, you know, say some, you know, cue in some like yoga inspirational quote or something. But, you know, you, so you should, I feel like you shouldn't be so far in either direction. Yeah. You know, like it's somewhere in the middle. Right. And, and, and even more, I think it's somewhere in the middle and very closer to your authentic self. And I hesitate saying that, too, because it's weird thinking that you shouldn't just be your authentic self. But there's also some level of, as an individual, like... You have thoughts that are not acceptable to share to anybody, you know? Right. Yeah. Like, this is like a, a weird random thing. Uh, I'm I'm sure other people re- will relate to this, so I'll just Let's hear throw it. it out there. Let's hear but it. But like, are you ever driving in your car and the thought just passes through your mind like, I wonder what it would be like if I just smashed this car into that guardrail? Not that I Dude. would not not that it's right. a thing that I would act on at all, but it's like it's, it's an impulse. It, it's a yeah. thought that pops into my mind. So you would you could argue that that's part of my authentic self, but there's also the part of my authentic self that says that's not a great idea. <laughs> you <laughs> right. know, right. and it's just part of that uh, weird dance with like the. The things that pop into your head versus what you, you know, what's kind of appropriate to share, but then right. also being true to that authentic nature of yourself. The French have a name for that, by the way. It's called the, the call to darkness or something like that. Mm. And it's like specifically like humans have an impulse. Like if you're like close to a guardrail, it's like, what would happen if I just, you know, just drove yeah. into the guardrail? Or like if you're at a cliff. Like, what would happen yeah. if I just jumped off? Like, right. apparently this is a normal thing. And because I, I used to flip out about it. I thought I was the only one that like, thought about this stuff. Shit. And then I saw, I was like, oh, there's a name for this. So I'm <laughs> not crazy. What I think it really boils down to is how do you want to live your life? And this is how I came to it, is that we know that living your life, we know this because it's beaten into our heads from when we were little, Living your life for the sole purpose of money and sensory pleasures is not the way. That's not going to give you happiness. That's a never-ending rabbit hole. And it's the, the, the grass is always greener every step you take. You make 100K, now you need to make a mil. You make a million, right. now you need to make 10 mil. And it, like food, beer, whatever, any sensory stimulus, it just doesn't, the, the rabbit hole never ends. So you know that's not the way to be. But... I don't know if the other extent is right either. Do you need to be a monk or a nun and like give everything up and give up all of your possession? I think you should, with today, you should give up most of your possessions, but like all of your possessions, you need to give up 
all like do you need to just never eat bomb ass food again do you need to never do anything sexual that makes you happy you need like i don't think that's enlightenment either i think it Mm -hmm. exists somewhere in between in this very happy balance that ideally exists simultaneously if you can simultaneously feed both of them like the monk and the business person inside of you or at least move oscillate back and forth between the two very quickly like that to me is what enlightenment is and that's why like i almost like protest the whole like everything is good yoga you know typical yoga teacher you know because like i don't think that that's real enlightenment i think that that's a lie like and like and it really comes down to that. It's like you take it to the two extremes, mm-hmm. the monk or the business person. Right. But you, you have to acknowledge that both of those things do exist. Right. right. Like they both do exist. So that also they're both possible. But then it's, yeah, for you individually, where on that spectrum do you want to exist or, or bounce around in between, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that you're right. And I think that's the answer for... The vast, you know, like 98% of people or whatever it is that they're looking for that kind of sweet spot Mm -hmm. of like, okay, where can I be so that I'm I'm at peace with myself and the things going on in the world that I can't control. And I generate my happiness from within no matter what. And I'm responsible for my mood. Yes. Balancing that with also the realization well like well we have to live in this world and this is a very much material world so and I have like to there's put a roof some, over my head exactly there's some amount of uh financial success that you have to have in order to yeah put a roof over your head feed yourself feed you know your family if you're in that position and you know and then what comes of that This kind of reminds me of, I don't know if this gets too much off topic, but we'll figure it out. Um, Like, uh, and Jordan Peterson came up in the last podcast as well, but I'll do it again. Um, You know, he talks about what the meaning of life is, you know, and he very much thinks that, you know, you create the meaning of life. But the way that you create it is by first taking care of yourself and your own needs. So like we're, what we were talking about, you know, you you go to work, whatever. You find a way that you can contribute to society in a, a way that's good enough that, you know, it returns to you the money and the means to take care of yourself, right? Take care of yourself first. Hopefully you take care of yourself enough to be even more successful at that. And mm-hmm. then... If you're lucky enough, you can also then care for your family. So then it expands out some. And if you're successful in, uh, you know, caring for your family and creating that family unit and you still have more to give, then it's about how can you positively influence the community around you, whether that's, you know, now maybe we're talking about a town or a city or or whatever or, or smaller communities, whatever. And and then and you know that keeps going outward to whatever extent that you can, and that's basically like that's where you find meaning. And again, it goes back to the other thing where that's not easy to do, right? <laughs> and the, you know that the, there's suffering and there's a lot of hard work and discipline that goes into being able to do that. 
But as you kind of create that for yourself, you then, uh, like he would argue that that's what fulfills people the most. So like that's kind of what the meaning of life is. It's your own like natural enlightenment. It's like your enlightenment, you know? And each, and we can look at it like that, like everybody's enlightenment is a little different, you know, because it's for each individual, however far on that spectrum, you know, you, you want to go or you're willing to go or capable of going, that's, that's where you go. You know, right. there's nothing telling you that you have to continue further on that path if you're, you know, if you're happy and content with the place that you're at. Which also kind of makes me think, though, the idea around Buddhism and like reincarnation is kind of that idea where in this life you're going to reach some level, right? Like it's like you're, you're, you're on the path and you're going to move forward on that path towards enlightenment to some extent. Chances are you're not going to get there, but then when you're reincarnated into your next life, you're kind of starting at that point. And moving forward from there mm-hmm. and eventually <laughs> over whatever, you know, over however much time uh, your if it's your soul that's carrying on towards these other lives that, you know, then you reach enlightenment. You know, and if you think about that on a huge scale of time, the chances that your soul is in the body that's going to reach enlightenment are pretty small. <laughs> right. Right. Um which, I don't know. I mean, I don't really believe in reincarnation or anything, but these ideas that give, uh, you know, that give an explanation and that give words that kind of bring to life, you know, the, these metaphors and thoughts, I feel like are valuable. You know, side note, uh, the idea of enlightenment is always, it's kind of bothered me because like, so moksha is what happens when you achieve enlightenment and then you stop being reincarnated. Right. Right. And, like, it hit me, I think at Vipassana, actually. I was like, well, if God or whoever is liberating these people from the physical form once they achieve enlightenment, he's actually doing us a disservice because all the good people are leaving. Right. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, like, oh, this person basically becomes the holiest form and then they get to leave us? Like, shouldn't they stay and, like, help everybody else? You know? But maybe that talks to the idea that life is supposed to be suffering. Mm -hmm. Because if it weren't, then how would we, how would you achieve a higher level of anything if you aren't suffering now, right? So you got to take that into account too. If you just let all the enlightened beings be around us still, and then they just told us, (laughs) you know, they taught us the way. And then it's like, wait, well, these people didn't. You know, it's like not earning, it's not earning your way, earning your path. Like what can you, you know, you and we as humans learn from experience more than anything else. You know, you can't like, you can tell me something. And I'm like, oh yeah, I understand that. Right. But not until I walk personally experience it that I can then like really have a true understanding of it. Yeah. You know? That's a Buddhist teaching too. It's like, I, I can tell you how to be enlightened, but I can't just enlighten you. Right. Buddha says, like, I can't just, like, reach into your mind and enlighten you. You have to do the work. Right. That's part of what makes it enlightened. It's like, I can show you, you know, you can show you the path. Right. But, like, you have to be the one to take the take the steps. Yeah. I can write you the prescription. You got to be the one to take the medicine, right? Right. Yeah. Building off of episode one. Yeah. But 
I think uh, too, like that the whole the modern like spiritual entrepreneur is like almost battling with that in its purest form because we're trying to be spiritual and happy and pursue meaningful lives where we help ourselves and in doing so help everybody else around us and we try to live in in service but at the same time you and i could make the most fire podcast known to man and it's just like pure divine speech like maybe god channels himself through us like imagine just some crazy thing like that it's still gonna have to get marketed to people right. or else no one's going to hear about it. Yeah. So there's a certain amount of like dollar signs that you have to see and maneuver through, you know, to, to, to serve. And it's almost from that frame, not doing the business work is actually a disservice to your spiritual self. Yeah. You know, for sure. And I, w- I wonder how much we're like just coming at this from, uh, a yoga professional point of view and I'm curious how much others will relate to this. I think that they will, but I'm curious exactly how. So I don't know if anybody are you, are you leave some about, comments if you're listening. But Yes. Are you <laughs> um, are you talking about like someone that has just like a nine to five Right, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that from that point of view because you're right. Like from from our point of view, so you have to have a business or marketing mind set at least to some extent to be successful because like you said no nobody would hear and it's that that allows you to gain enough so one to take care of yourself like the same thing i was just talking about you to to make enough money to take care of yourself cool to make enough money to take care of your family great you know moving along the that ladder like your marketing sense and marketing capabilities like they need to expand in order to allow you to expand your, you know, how much you can contribute to your your family and your community and society. Right. All right, guys, that about wraps it up for this episode. Uh, we hope you all enjoyed it. Definitely leave a comment if you have anything to say. I hope you do. We had talked about a lot of controversial stuff. Um, like the video, subscribe, um, and we'll see you next time. Peace. <laughs>